Welcome to our podcast. My name is Sophia and today uh, Dean is our guest. Um, and we are talking about um, like what Dean has done before and why he's here today. And we also would like to talk about the media industry and the innovation, how innovation could change the media industry and which impact would it have. So yeah, maybe Dean, do you give just a short introduction about you and um, why are you here today? First of all, thanks for having me. Um, it's, it's great to be here and to be talking to you. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I come from a media background. Um, so I studied journalism, but then I also studied business uh, mid-career. And so I've kind of seen, uh, I finished my journalism degree in the mid-90s. So I've seen quite a bit of transition and evolution and revolution in, in the media space. And uh, I think everyone's been affected. It's not a new story. And uh, I sort of transitioned from that to um, use those skills to create content for brands, but with the same sort of editorial focus, because I think the landscape has changed more, a, a little bit away from advertising, mm -hmm. per se, to sort of meaningful conversation and engagement. So those are how the skills sort of match together from where I came before to what I do now. Okay, cool. So um, we met Dean at our um, beta breakfast. We joined. Um, maybe you can tell why do you come to our beta breakfast? Why do, does it was an, yeah, interesting to like get to know Botox? So which was like the things where you said, okay, uh, I want to come there and get to know uh, the company and the people behind it? A couple of reasons. Um, I'm new to Germany, um, so um, it's a great opportunity for me to uh, meet other startups. I work for a startup in Germany. Um, we're mostly a remote company, but um, we have people um, um, all over um, the country, and our head offices are in Lübeck, and I happen to be working out of uh, Beta House. But I think the important aspect of it is, I think um, we have a unique opportunity to learn from each other. Um, one of the key, I think, aspects of being a startup and embracing it is being open to ideas. Mm -hmm. And so that opportunity to hear what others are doing um, is really important to my work and important to learning um, about what uh, we might be able to learn to bring into our business because not everything is set. Tap the mic, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, what do you? So after our presentation, you we directly go a little bit more in the discussion about um, bot talk and what we've done. So about the. So we created creating content with our synthetic voices. Um, what was for you like the the like the main. Um, part or the interesting part of our product or innovation our innovation so what do you think so how which impact we can deliver to uh, to the community or to the to the people well i think we have to start with where our lives are at uh, we live in a really um, a hyper fast culture things move really fast mm -hmm. um, we just don't have as much time and I think more and more we rely on technology, especially the type of technology that you're working on. Mm -hmm. um, for example, I think everyone feels very positive when they're informed 
and they're connected to ideas that are meaningful to them, that helps them to do basic things like where to send their kids to school, um, what political parties are doing, uh, what's happening with the environment. Our entire cultural landscape mm -hmm. um, is shaped by the things that we read. Uh, but because things are moving so fast, we just can't read as much. Um, and so keeping up becomes very problematic. So tools like BotTalk to be able to get into an article without actually um, directly reading it is, is super important. It has implications for our culture. It has implications for our personal development, who we are as a person, what we can contribute and understand. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's really important. That's um, at the core. We can't do anything without that. We can't work effectively. We can't live effectively. We can't engage effectively. We can't raise our kids effectively. We can't make decisions effectively. So those tools are fundamental. Um, so for me, that's really appealing to hear how a company is trying to take a pretty fundamental thing that we have in our culture but adapt it to some of the challenges that we have. And a company that's doing that with pre publishers that are um, sort of mission-driven, that are dedicated to sort of helping people to understand what is going on around them, not simply stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, it's always like interesting to see like if our, the message we would like to, to to bring to the people, it's also like you're getting it because like this is actually a point that we said like the people are like super in a rush and that's why we need to like we need to find a way to deliver information to the people um, like the use the important useful information when they didn't have time to read it because like with the digitalization in the internet we have like massive like massive content and information and sometimes it's like you're interested in like a book and the newspaper and like a new article which is published or but you didn't have time to read everything and this was like the the starting point on our side that we said okay we were interested in so much and then we need to find a way like to deliver the information differently and speech or like a voice is always like a good tool because you can always hear it yeah. and um, you always can like bring the information like on the point to the people, and you don't need like having like, putting all attention to what you're hearing. So you can always just like maybe when you're driving, you have like attention on the driving part, but you can still like consuming the information, which was for us like a super important point, and um, which we would like to solve. That's why it's like um, interesting to hear that you said like this is also like a super. Um, important thing why you were interested like in Botchog and uh, what we are doing actually. Yeah. And I, I think very often when we're working on a product or we're working on an idea, we kind of see the idea from our perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, sometimes it's nice to step out and see it from the perspective of those who are going to be using, using yes. it. Um, and I think some, like some, um, um, companies, some products are really good at doing that. I don't know, some technology companies are good at doing that, some obviously aren't. But the other aspect of it is, is how fundamentally human it is. I mean, just think about it, when we lived in caves, 
not everyone had a stone tablet, right? Yes. <laughs> Maybe one person had it, and there was one fire, and one person did whatever to communicate those ideas to others, right? And so you, the medium always creates our culture around. And here we are, we're sort of going back to some of these ideas where the word, we have to take the printed word and sort of make it into a storytelling um, experience again. Mm -hmm. um, because we, we, again, it goes back to uh, how our lives are changed in so many ways when we, we have new things, we have new technologies, and we have things sort of breaking down and being rebuilt around us. So I think it's, it's a really exciting space. I mean, you look at any newspaper now, and you, you almost expect that little button to be able to read that story. Yes. So the key is, I think, now being able to um, enrich those experiences with the type of um, voice, the type of delivery, um, those things that, are, that we all remember. I'll leave here, and I'll remember the sound of your voice, probably. Right? Um, it's very fundamental. So, but how do you innovate on that with this technology? So it's, um, there are all of these sort of layers to kind of making that product better. Yes. Yeah, we, we actually had also um, the discussion that about the history uh, with, the, with the caves, you said, um, that first we, we just like speak and then uh, we deliver information about the written text. And now we, we're kind of going back, um, going back to the natural communication, to the voice but like just combining it with technology because now we can make like voice scalable. Before it wasn't like possible to make like really voice scalable and now we, we have this opportunity and also that is our key point that we would like to, uh, to sound as human as possible because then it's, um, it's easier for the people to, to get the information and also that you said like the voice was like stuck in your brain. This is like pretty good um, to know for us. And I think the other thing that uh, impressed me and also attracted me to the discussion was the sense that, okay, you know, this is an area where a lot of large companies are already dominant in the space. Like Google has an API for, um, um, text-to-speech, um, Amazon Web Services has it. Um, however, I think from a cultural perspective, you need smaller startups that think about this not just as technology, mm -hmm. but as culture. And, um, and that was another reason I think it was worthwhile for us to sit down and actually talk about uh, um, that aspect of it. Because, um, I mean, there are some uh, cultural biases that you have when you're doing translation, per mm -hmm. se, right? And it's a kind of a translation that, that you're doing. Yes. And uh, from the European perspective, um, values are slightly different in how you communicate. And you need to have that in the product. Yeah, of course. And, um, and I think that's really worthwhile. I mean, for quick things, obviously, I think those tools that Google have Google and Amazon both have are important, but you need to still focus on the cultural 
aspects of this technology. Mm -hmm. So, which uh, for you, like which cultural uh, aspects you're like focusing on, on your perspective? Well, like what is important for you? Like it's always like depending. We're now like so have a look on uh, different European markets, from, for example, um, Belgium. So they're speaking like um, different uh, accents, like the Flemish. And so for them, it's like pretty important to have like their, um, their voice and their language because it's a bit different to the normal Belgium um, that we're focusing on this little parts. So like which cultural aspects are for you, uh, in your opinion, important? Um, well, I'm lucky I'm Canadian, so <laughs> uh, I think uh, we're very, um, I mean, I think, you know, one value in Canadian culture is that uh, we tend to uh, first step back a little bit and try to understand who it is that we're dealing with, knowing that people have different um, perspectives and come from different places. Um, so maybe that's part of what I'm talking to you about comes from that um, mm -hmm. idea. But we're, um, um, you know, we're a country of, with two official languages, French and English. Yes. So um, I think all of us as Canadians realize that uh, there's a lot that's inherent in um, um, language and cultural tradition. And those things uh, are, are very important to reflect in, in, in the technology Mm -hmm. that we have. So perhaps, it, but in terms of me um, and the work that I do, I mean, I work for a digital therapeutic startup. So understanding people and knowing how to communicate with them is absolutely important. So that may not be because they have, you know, a specific cultural mindset, but it's because they're experiencing something that shapes their mindset and mm -hmm. Um, being able to interact with them empathetically is really important. So I think communication always, in some ways, has to have that. In the case of this, uh, the technology has to support it. In the case of what we do, um, we have to um, understand how people feel, uh, how people experience life when they have an illness or a chronic disease mm. or an ailment. Um, because that will obviously impact how they think about it, things around them. So I think it's technology or even from a product point of view, you always have to have that empathy to who you're trying to communicate with. Yes. So that's and, and it's always like different um, in which country you're um, like operating with your company. So yeah. um, we always like our product we always need to have a look on the languages and seeing like how what is like important for the people in uh, in the country and how can we like get to know the people and they are also like uh, open for our like technology and our solution so we always first need to get a feeling um, for the market before we start selling in it um, so do you think that like what what do you think is the connection because um, between the media industry and the cultural part so for me um, like so we always about the newspapers we're getting information so it's it's for me it's directly connected to the culture of the company or the the country what we are like um, 
reading or hearing. So do you think the media industry has like an uh, impact um, about the people in the country and about the, their culture? Is it connected for you or do you think more the media industry is more the, like the speech of the, of the people? Um, I mean, I think it's a really um, important question. And so let me step back because I, I, I'm just thinking through uh, what you've asked. I think technology has impacted so many businesses, including media businesses, and that's the key. It's a business. So you have to be able to um, find models that just, if you're a public company, justify your valuation or uh, to be able to um, justify what you're doing to investors or advertisers. And so technology is becoming sort of the dominant lens through how we look at everything. And that's a strength of media and it's also a weakness of media. So for example, you're seeing for, um, a lot of focus on the data around platforms and sort of chasing the numbers uh, to be able to kind of say to advertisers, um, well, this is what we deliver. Mm -hmm. But maybe you're not measuring some of the other aspects of what you're producing or you're putting out into the world. Um, and, you know, for example, the, the, the whole dilemma with Facebook, I think, is, is, uh, is an example of this. It's sort of like you have a cultural impact with media technology. Yeah. So I don't know where the balance is. We're still figuring that out. Like we're, um, it's been 20 years for other companies. It's been a shorter period of time, but it shows you how quickly we can topple certain cultural um, ideas quickly with technology. Um, and it goes back again to startups maybe participating in that space, but bringing a different perspective. So um, I don't know, um, my hope is that it becomes a relevant discussion and it's becoming more and more of a discussion, but we're still technology driven and we, I think we have to find the balance between um, the values mm -hmm. um, those technologies are supporting. So BotTalk is small, it's establishing itself, it's creating an identity for its product, it's creating an identity for the company, and I'm sure it's creating an identity for what it wants to be in the media ecosystem. Yeah. So I'm sure in a year, your thinking around that will be richer and uh, um, more persuasive. Um, but again, that's the balance between the business and the technology and what you want to do as a company. Yes, right, what, which impact we would like right. to have on the, on the business side and the people. Mm -hmm. So I think the, um, with the digitalization, so the development is, is going like super quick and also um, the impact on the people. So like your Facebook example, um, if you have a look on the, like, um, the evolution of the humans, like the digitalization in Facebook is like just a super small part. But when you're just like looking on our daily life, it has like such a huge impact. 
and you can't like compare it directly because see 200 years um, before everything was completely different and just like these like little 20 years changed a lot and in comparison to other years where the uh, development was like way slower and with the digitalization it's, it's also the development and the influence of the technology is uh, like it's, it's going like super fast and sometimes it's also um, for, for me as like a younger generation and when I have a look on my, my cousins they're 10 years younger and then sometimes I'm like okay <laughs> I didn't can go follow you because you're like way more native with the technology and um, because everything is so super fast that it's hard for me also when I'm younger um, to follow the development so that's why I think it's, it's always like super important when you're having like a technology startup and, and a digital products that you always like putting an eye on which impact do you want to, to deliver to the people. So for us, uh, for example, it's like, it's super important that the, every, every information is accessible for every human. So that's why it's, it's good to hear for everyone because not everyone can read. So we can like assess the information for other people. So this is like a positive impact we can deliver, but as you said, technology always has like a negative and positive influence, and I think also for us as a, as a startup, it's like super important also to like have an eye on the negative influences, which can maybe appear. Like at the moment, I cannot say like which negative influence it maybe could have. You never could say it. I mean, when you ask like other um, startups as Facebook and. Um, I think they could also not say in advance when they're just starting, like, okay, uh, on my platform is now going like some some groups and uh, they're talking about like negative things and uh, like false informations. Um, I think you always need to have an eye on it when when you're growing, like on the impact you you will give to the people and always be not close your eyes. Um, of negative things because you don't want to uh, have negative influence on the people but I think this is like kind of a challenge for every uh, company to be aware of this point and don't yeah don't close your eyes and be honest to yourself and to your company yeah I think that's a good, that's a good headline don't close your eyes because I think by embracing that you're out, you're finding uh, you're finding new strategies around sustainability Yes. Right. And um, by always engaging around what you're doing, how you can do it better, how it can be meaningful to others, um, I think that creates a brand that is meaningful and that is sustainable. And from an investment perspective, that's really important. Right. Sure. <laughs> a brand that's very uh, valuable for 20 years is less valuable than a brand that's sustainable for a hundred years. Right? Yeah. So that thinking um, is also uh, strategic and it makes a, a difference. So it doesn't have to be a negative to ask the questions and engage with those uh, bigger topics. And, uh, you know, and if I looked at Batak, you're already doing some of that. You're saying 
we want to work with credible publishers who want to be influential in the space that they are operating in, that have premium customers, um, that um, some of those customers, for example, are getting older and they're transitioning from reading to listening. So you're helping to support their business model. Um, and you're helping to support uh, areas that they have to adopt technology to, um, uh, to remain strong in. So um, again, that's, that's a choice. Yes. Right? And, uh, and uh, I think it's a good choice. Yeah, it's right. So it's also like a strategic thing because like, we are not planning to be like 10 years on the market and then it's gone. So it's, it's also building a stable um, base um, to be like, to have the chance to deliver a positive influence the next 100 years maybe. You never know like how long it's, it's going to take. It's always like a life cycle also for, for companies. And it depends on your, um, how you like leading the company and your strategic, how long your life cycle is actually. And if you deliver like a real value to the people, then I think you can expand your life cycle and always like, yeah, be up for some different uh, topics, not just like say, okay, I have a business to, to make money. I mean, this is like, too short to think, um, then yeah. I think premium brands embody important values. It's, it's just that simple. Yeah. And, and if you don't start off from that perspective or you don't weave it in and make it stronger, then you're at a disadvantage because Brands that are driven by very strong values get people who want to contribute to those values. And for anyone, what is more fulfilling in life? Working for someone who is not doing something so important compared to someone who is doing something really important that you want to be associated with because it's an extension of really important aspects of your social life or your... Uh, you're, you're just your bigger mentality around things. So it's a win at so many levels, even though, you know, for a lot of companies say, well, we can't compete that way. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can give it a try. Yeah, that's right. That's um, also like, actually, we never like directly discussed this before that's why it's like super interesting now to talk about you because like you're like really um, a professional in the content side and then I before the life cycle I've not thinking about that yeah of course we would like to deliver like a huge impact to the people and would also like to make a change but I've never think about it that it's also like the strategic thing. It, you're just coming up with this and then it's definitely making sense for me. Then we can just like, yeah, be longer, like expand our life cycle and ex expand also like the chance that we can deliver like a value in the future. Um, and also for like for the employees and all the stuff, it's, it's more, 
it's more valuable for being part of, of the company and of the journey. So it's like going hand in hand all the aspects, which is like for me like super interesting. So we're not just having the content on our audio files we're producing like with our voice. We have also like the content part, like what is uh, what we are communicating with our company. So and also the communication um, internal with our employees. That is everything is like connected, which is like for me it's like super interesting and um, also helping. I think helping us and our company just to understand better like which impact we can deliver and, and which thoughts we maybe need to have also on our strategic way in the future. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I, I think the space you're in is, um, is a space that is important today and it'll be important tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And uh, there will be more technology needs around that space in the future. So having sort of a deep perspective on it allows you to see things maybe, or see opportunities to do things in different ways that maybe others who are sort of just chasing immediate returns may not. Mm -hmm. Because then you can actually develop technology, you can develop uh, ways of using that technology, see opportunities to use it in places that maybe you know, you haven't. Yes. So um, you said before that you you worked like in different um, countries. So you're Canadian and um, work with also with other companies. So do you have any like advice for us? So um, we make sure that we we can deliver this this value in the future. So maybe um, just have an eye on a, a specific topic or something. So just something we can avoid maybe, because at the moment we're just a small startup. Um, like now it's like super easy to, uh, when we're making faults, it's easy to correct because we're just small and then it's going fast. But when we're growing and getting bigger, then it's not that easy to correct like maybe faults we made. So do you have maybe, yeah, just some recommendation, advice? Yeah. I wish I had advice. Um, um, I haven't always worked at sort of the highest level within companies, um, but I've definitely worked at a level where it's been very collaborative and um, people have had to do um, or accomplish sort of important things for the company. Um, and I guess it's more a reflection on sort of my work and, and sort of uh, how you reflect on experiences you have mm -hmm. and how you try to enrich those experiences by talking to people and, and reading and, um, and all of the things that happen to you throughout a career. It's um, not, not to, um, not to um, be afraid um, to um, embrace the problems that you're having or challenges yeah. within the company and wishing that they would go away um, <laughs> yes. because sometimes it's really hard right I mean sometimes you know you work for companies and for five years things aren't going well ten years things aren't going well um, and as 
as you experience difficulties, I think you tend to look outside for the solution and, and listen less to people inside the company. So I would always say it's try to keep a, uh, an open perspective to actually the people that are immediately around you because mm -hmm. they're the likeliest to stay um, with you th through solving that problem. Mm -hmm. Outsiders can come in and they can sort of talk um, and, and give you <laughs> advice, but the real, um, uh, the real um, coming together of people who are immediately touched by those challenges, mm -hmm. I think that's where you, um, you get the best sort of um, value. Yeah. Not to yeah, so not to not to lose the sort of the solidarity that you have as a company, and I think that as you do that, um, others are attracted to stay and to contribute and to push things forward. Yeah, because sometimes I think it's always like when you're like working for a longer time with with a team, it's it's pretty good because you're like. You know each other. You're connected. Um, you can. You. You're like it's working just fine. But it's always that you're getting like in a little bubble, yeah. and that's why uh, I think it's like pretty important to be always like open-minded and have an open ear also to external um, people. So maybe the 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 connection of both is um, pretty important. Not because sometimes you're getting a little bit blind when you're like working for 10 years and you're always doing like your your stuff and then maybe you didn't see anything yeah. and because you're like in your you're just in your company bubble um, that's why I'm just like curious about it to hear what you you're thinking about it so maybe it's always like just the balance between both so the internal discussion and always be open with the external information and see and um, be in contact with our other companies and see what they are actually doing. Yeah. And I think I would summarize it by just saying be brave. Uh, be brave um, and, and have confidence that um, when you confront something, you can say, you know, why is it not working? Can I do something better? Can I ask um, for help? to make it better. So you're actually just focusing on, uh, on, on the problem and not getting too caught up in, um, in um, where you need to be. Because you can only get to where you need to be if you kind of go through that point of, of challenge. So the challenges become the source of energy and innovation mm -hmm. for you. Yeah, that's right. So maybe also just the last question about the innovation part. So we talked about that that the like the development and uh, digitalization is going like super fast. Do you think that is uh, speeding up in the future, or do you think it's it's gonna be on the same level? Like the the startups we we gonna like new startups founded or um, the just the technology development. I think it is going to speed up. Um, I mean, if you look 
I mean, if you look at the world, um, you're seeing startups and innovation ecosystems really thriving and vibrant all over. And I actually think that's the biggest challenge for, for Germany is um, um, you really have to work hard to keep up. And um, there is a, a little bit of um, uh, having to do it faster than maybe in the past. Um, because cap, you know, people are able to set up networks really quickly. People are able to bring people in really quickly. Uh, so you have this fluidity um, that is just part of the process. And um, you know, I, I look at that, for example, you know, there are many rankings on global innovation systems, and I always take pride that Canada is always in the top five. But you look at some of the recent, and you know it's dropped down from number three to number four. Um, and of course, why is that important? It's not important because I'm Canadian, but it's important because I have family, and and innovation creates jobs, yes. and it creates opportunities for people to use their talents. Um, in the same way that Botok allows you and others to. Um, work on your ideas to do something that's special for you. Uh, I mean, that's really what uh, a, gr a growing innovation ecosystem means. It's, it allows people to work on important things because it, uh, it has the capital, it has the technology, it has the regulatory infrastructure, all of those things that gives people momentum mm -hmm. to do those things. So it's not that it's just a number or I happen to be there. And now I'm here, it's the same thing, wanting to see um, you know, products that are developed here that can make a positive human impact. Um, it, it, those products get developed and can shape um, uh, a more positive um, future for people. Um, so I think, yeah, it is, it's definitely a race. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Um, but, um, I, you know, I think ultimately it, it doesn't mean that because it doesn't get done here that it's not going to have a positive impact. We know that for sure. Mm -hmm. But it's great when it happens in a space um, and, um, you know, young people can sort of build their future onto those changes that are happening. Um, so you just said like it's I know like Germany is not the the fastest company in digitalization and um, comparison to like Canada and also the US um, it's completely like different um, so do you think there's like some some maybe like type of work or like some aspects we should take over to Germany to like be more innovative to creating more this like this innovative ecosystem and like the like the possibility for for young people to to build companies and other stuff so it's 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 completely different in the US and Canada how you like like how the ecosystem there is like working so what do you think it's like it's better like uh, over there in the US and Canada or it's like better in Germany's or is it more both of them in a combination would be perfect so <laughs> I think when you're on the other side you sort of look to Germany and you kind of know that there is a level of 
talent and expertise and knowledge that is really hard to compete with. Um, and I think in a North American concept, context, that tends to get a little bit um, um, minimized because it's a more fluid um, society. So mm -hmm. people can sort of come into the ecosystem and bring their talents. So that's how, from a North American perspective, you can sort of compete with, um, with Europe and, mm -hmm. and Germany in particular. Um, also, I think in North America, there have been a lot of successful startups and the founders of those startups have sort of changed the culture. They've sort of opened the mindset. Mm -hmm. um, in Germany, I don't think there are um, still um, enough charismatic startup founders. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's getting better, but I think they are actually going to, um, to, to sort of change the culture around innovation because I think they'll open people's minds to uh, new ways of working, communicating, being. Um, and I, I kind of feel that's happening within our company. Mm -hmm. Like we have you know, three co-founders, um, two of them are physicians, so they could have a great life without ever having to step out into the startup yes. world. Um, our CEO just turned 40 this year and the company was founded five years ago. So he would have left after studying business um, when he was 35 to sort of take a huge risk. Mm -hmm. You know, at that point, you could have gone to a corporate job and done yes. really well. Be safe. Be safe, you know, have a, a great expense account, travel, and, and sort of do the corporate thing. Uh, so it's changing. You know, here you have three examples, and your CEO as well. I mean, you look at him and he's, got, he's very good at sort of saying, okay, we've done this, but maybe we can do a certain number of things better. Yeah. And he's always willing to engage in conversations, like how do you think it could be better? Yes. Right? And that's something I learned at the breakfast, right? Because we were talking about, hmm, does, you know, does the brand seems not to exactly represent what you just explained to me. Like there seems to be an imbalance. He goes, oh, that's interesting. You know, you should look at that. Yes. So I think it's, it's, it's already happening, but the fundamentals are very strong in Germany. I think it's how political leaders, old school, um, vested, successful business leaders, how they sort of step in and kind of say, we have to push it forward. Yes. Um, so, but it, it's already happening, I think. Okay, so it's like more about the people, people. in the country. Yeah. So they need to be like brave and just do it because we have the knowledge. Um, I think for me, sometimes when I have a look on Germany, we're just like too secure with our like social system. We have just our jobs and our like public holiday and all the stuff. So. Sometimes it's more like comfortable for the people just to be in your corporate job and if you have like a nice idea and um, to innovate something but then you're just having a look, okay, do I take the risk or be more on the safe side? Um, and sometimes it's, it's more in Germany, like they're staying more on the safe side because they don't need to risk something. And um, when I was in America, I had just like some interesting conversation that so this like the system we have in Germany it doesn't exist over there. And there they said, 
yeah, we're always just taking the risk because we don't have to lose anything. That's why it's, for us it's normal, um, just going the risk and if it's like, it's not going well, then it's like, shit happens, something like this. But uh, we always be like brave and try to uh, create a better life for us and our family. So maybe there's like, it's also depends on the, like the system and the political structure maybe on the countries because sometimes I have the feelings that that's why the people in uh, America are more like brave, uh, pushing innovations further than in Germany. And I mean, it's, I think it's a natural um, sort of uh, inertia that happens as well. You know, um, you build a very successful um, economy, a very successful society. You have to figure out what the rate of change is going to be um, to make sure you don't damage everything that you've built. Right? It's, it's again, from you know, just looking at it in a very reasonable way, there are reasons for it. I think the thing that you have to, as you said, you have to be brave and say, okay, so we know we have these things work really well. What can we change without sort of jeopardizing, um, um, you know, the values that we believe in, in sort of working to protect? I, I think that's reasonable. And then you, you find the, the, the right pace Mm -hmm. that, um, that works for the system you have. Um, it's, not, um, it's not worthwhile to, to damage really beautiful things that you've already built. I think you have to figure out what do we have to build to maintain what we have, Yes. right? Because if you just look at what you have, it's going to erode over time. And, and again, but that's again, should be a strength because Germany very much knows how to plan long-term, um, how to um, sort of organize things to kind of achieve important outcomes. Um, I mean, it's obviously more compli complicated because it's not only Germany, it's the European Union and, and there are a whole bunch of things that have to kind of be changed mm -hmm. for the ecosystem to evolve, but it needs to be prioritized. Yes. To, um, and I would say prioritize to the level that, you know, the environment is prioritized. It's kind of like, how do we become more economically dynamic, right? Yes. It almost should be like a political ballot question. How do we become <laughs> more politically dynamic? <laughs> Sir, what is your answer? <laughs> Not good enough. Out of here. <laughs> that's the question we're going to ask in the future. That's right. <laughs> <to see. laughs> okay. Cool. Um, thank you very much, Dan, for the for the good talk today. Thanks. I think um, we, I we got a lot of um, good insights <laughs> of your like what you've done before, and also for us, uh, for for us and the company Botox was like pretty interesting. Thanks a lot, yeah. uh, and I hope you also enjoyed it to be part of our podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.